Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Rhetorical Leadership Podcast. Today, my uh, uh, guest is a researcher and professor at the Department of Medical Biochemistry and Microbiology, uh, specialist on infections and immunity. And he uh, is uh, uh, his name is Björn Olsen. He's been uh, a uh, quite outspoken critic of the Swedish strategy and was during the entire uh, COVID pandemic. And we talked a lot about how science is supposed to function, how politics function, and what happens when we mix politics and science, and a little bit also about why it was that it was possible for Sweden to go against the mainstream of science and not be corrected by a lot of the research that came out showing that the herd immunity strategy indeed uh, led to a lot of extra loss of life. Uh, Early in the pandemic, when this was already clear for Björn Olsen, he said, we currently, Sweden, have one of the highest mortality rates per capita in the world. It is very sad. So many people have died in vain on the altar that is called herd immunity, because people, quite simply, have been wearing the wrong glasses. People have believed it is something similar to influenza, and it's not. Initially, I believed that too, but it didn't take many weeks to understand that this is something different. This is a different kind of virus that works in a completely different way. It is a great failure from our side. I'm surprised by this virus, but I'm also very surprised that the authorities and government don't understand better what they are doing. So I hope you'll enjoy this conversation that I have with Professor Bjorn Olsen. All right. Yeah. Great. Um, I'm really excited to talk to you because uh, you were... Uh, quite a vocal participant in uh, what was a very interesting and kind of strange debate in uh, in uh, Sweden during mm-hmm. uh, during the pandemic. Yeah, uh, I remember uh, as a Norwegian, obviously, I'm looking at this from the outside, but uh, as a lot of the world was doing at that time, we're saying, "What are they doing? <laughs> what are they thinking?" Uh, yeah, and uh, I, I think most people outside of Sweden would agree that the way that Sweden handled this, both the practical policy outcomes and the scientific debate or discussion within Sweden uh, Mm -hmm. is a case study of how not to do it. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Even though in the end, I mean, the results aren't too bad as compared to a lot of other places in the world. Yeah. At one point, Sweden did have the highest uh, mortality rate of anywhere Mm -hmm. in the world, but overall, Sweden has much better health facilities, much more... Uh, appropriate, um, much less density of populations living together, mm-hmm. much more ability to socially distance. Uh, mm-hmm. Nordic people are socially distanced anyway. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Globally speaking, right? Yeah. Uh, but compared to the, obviously the other Nordic countries, mm-hmm. Sweden had the highest death rate. Many more people died in Sweden than. Uh, Absolutely. More Canada. people died in Sweden than the rest of the Nordic countries together. Uh, and right now, as it is now, it's a debate in Sweden whether, well, it's a sort of scapegoat de- debate, sort of, that we who um, we who complained about the the strategy and also the scientific background about behind the strategy are being hanged out in the media again as some sort of 
uh, yeah, scapegoats, or we we were all wrong from the very beginning. And the, the uh, epidemiologist, the state epidemiologist, was right, completely right. So everything he did was right, and everything we said was wrong. Um, so that's but, the that's the, the current that's the current uh, perception in yeah, Sweden. Yeah, that's a that... current perception right now. Yeah, exactly. So it's uh, going around in the newspapers right now. Um, a lot of. Um, Editors and uh, writers write about that, and journalists write about that um, in, in Sweden right now. So it's pretty sick. It's pretty sick. It's three years since the pandemic started, and uh, now it's coming. Uh, so we know that they have a. Uh, it's a sort of revenge lust in a way, uh, and the big problem was. The, the, the problem started almost immediately when it came to the pandemic, already in the beginning of, of 2020, uh, when I came back from a trip from Spain, and I've seen on the, uh, we have a sort of mail list with uh, uh, disease outbreaks and stuff going around among um, uh, infectious disease doctors, virologists, and epidemiologists. And we saw the. I saw this uh, report from China where they had this cluster of cases of pneumonia, severe pneumonia in Wuhan, and I thought, okay, this is either a flu virus or a coronavirus. And very soon it became clear it it was a coronavirus. And when I came back, the media asked me directly in January, end of January, and they asked me, uh, where where is this going to end? And I said, it's probably going to be a pandemic. It's going to be a pandemic virus uh, because the, the the Chinese New Year was coming up and people, oh, it was already happened. So people were traveling all over the world. So, so I thought it's going to be a pandemic pretty soon. And the first, after that statement from my side, um, the the epidemiologist, state epidemiologist, Anders Tegnell, came out in the media and said, no, 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 it's not going to be a pandemic. Absolutely not. This is one of all these outbreaks of different viruses we have around the world. So this isn't just nothing. So they downplayed everything from the beginning. And uh, we claim that uh, this, well, we have to have the uh, <clears throat> sort of security thinking uh, or a security policy uh, and uh, prepare for the worst and hope for the best. Right. Uh, but uh, <clears throat> they said it, it's... Uh, Unnecessary, absolutely. It's uh, why should we do that? Because this is just uh, one of these ordinary viruses circling around. So, yeah. so, what the, so everything what started that the conflict started that, and also uh, all um, uh, professors. I'm a professor in infectious diseases. All professors in infectious diseases and virology had a uh, Zoom meeting very early in uh, 2020, and we said. We, we concluded that this is going to be a pandemic, definitely, because we, we had just started to see cases outside uh, China then. Uh, and uh, what we can do is to offer our help to Folkhälsomyndigheten. Um, uh, and um, they said, no, hmm. we don't need our help, your help, because we have our own experts. And we asked them, who are your experts? The, it's not the NOS. <laughs> so, so uh, who are your experts? Can you please declare your experts? No, we don't need to do that. So the conflict line was put up pretty harsh from the very beginning. Right. 
uh, and it continued like that. So I'm, I'm trying to understand from the very beginning. Obviously, that's uh, that's quite a arrogant statement to make in the sense yeah. that we know this is not going to become a pandemic. Mm. Um, I. <clears throat> Uh, I don't know if you rec- uh, know about the uh, work of Michael Polanyi. He's a uh, uh, he's a uh, philosopher of science, but he's also a sci- he was also a scientist, uh, trained mm-hmm. several Nobel Prize winners in chemistry, mm-hmm. um, and he talks about this republic of science, the way that science is supposed to be supposed mm-hmm. to function, mm-hmm. that you uh, develop in the republic of science this thing called a scientific opinion that's held mm-hmm. by a multitude of individuals, each of whom mm-hmm. endorses. The other's opinion at second hand by relying on consensual chains which link him to all the others through a sequence Mm. of overlapping neighborhoods of expertise right that's kind of peer review function in broadly speaking yeah and but in the absence of of this where some places this doesn't uh, grow uh, or doesn't get established very often especially in um in uh, for example uh smaller languages you could say mm-hmm. like uh, or or in a little bit where things aren't connected to the mainstream of science properly mm-hmm. it says that unsound reputations grow up based on commonplace achievements so mm-hmm. uh, and or mere empty boasts and mm-hmm. politics and and business play havoc with appointees mm-hmm. uh, to certain uh, to agencies and so on and the mm-hmm. granting of sub- subsidies for research and these small kingdoms may develop under the leadership of a scientist Mm. who may be outside the mainstream of scientific opinion, yeah. um, but causing these scientists then to give bad advice, which leads to bad policy decisions, But mm. because, because inside their own kind of kingdom, they are mm. supreme, right? Mm. Nobody questions yeah. them. Yeah. And this supremacy is extremely dangerous because what you need in, a, in an absolutely unstable and unpredictable situation, you need a devil solicitor in the room. Right. If you don't have that, you can come up with virtually everything anything and it would be truth i mean confirmation bias is a, is a challenge for all yeah, scientists yeah right? it's a confirmation bias uh, and if this confirmation bias is also spreading and dispersing into the politicians then we are really really bad out and that's exactly what happened in sweden so the confirmation bias from folkism in the hetan so, uh, flooded out in the society so uh, and into the politicians and the all the stakeholders and, and so forth. So uh, the, um, we ended up in a situation where we couldn't discuss the the agenda or the strategy, the Swedish strategy, because then we were some sort of uh, traitors against the Swedish way of looking at things, right? And the Swedish sort of consent. Um, so that that was striking, especially during. The, the first year of the pandemic. Later on, it uh, sort of leveled out because uh, later on we, we had a, um, um, we had a sort of the result of, of different measures and so forth. So, so uh, Folkism in the and adapted more right. more to that later on. But in the beginning, it was just horrible. I mean, let, let's focus a little bit on the, those first couple of months there. So, yeah. I mean, the predisposition for all European uh, countries was yep. that uh, the preparation was, okay, if we get a flu-like virus, so mm-hmm. something that's like the flu, but just a little bit more deadly, mm-hmm. perhaps a little bit more effect- infectious, mm-hmm. um, 
that the way to deal with this is, as I said, in some ways, just make sure that pressure stays off the hospitals. Mm -hmm. Make sure that you limit the spread, but you can't stop it completely because there's no vaccine um, and none come forthcoming quickly. Avoid panic uh, and uh, make sure that you, you gradually build up, I guess, a uh, herd immunity. I mean, that is, that, is, uh, yeah. that is how we deal with flu in general, right? We don't have yeah, mass, uh, we don't have mass um, vaccinations against the yearly flu. No. Uh, even if sometimes it's a little bit more deadly than other years, right? Yeah, it's just uh, small changes. And, and so yeah. I talked in this your interview with Expressen and others that that we've been wearing these um, these flu glasses. Mm. Yeah, that we saw that, and and because of that, that's what the scientists were expecting to find. Mm. They saw all the evidence that confirmed that bias but disregarded evidence that didn't confirm that bias, right? Mm -hmm. And of mm -hmm. course, the, the, the thing about COVID is it's, it's much more infectious and, mm -hmm. or, and it's also much more deadly, right? It's yeah. by, by a magnitude of, you know, uh, a much greater than the, the normal yeah. flu virus, not just double, but many times, many times over. Mm -hmm. And so obviously in a situation like that, that's a challenge for anyone when you've mm -hmm. gone into something and, okay, we got a tool and we got to mm. fix this, right? We got a hammer, and here's the nail. Mm. And then you realize you don't meet a nail; you meet a screw, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> or something yeah. else, right? We you, you meet the situation, and science is supposed to be able to deal with that adaptation, though, right? It's mm. it's you say like it's supposed to be dogmatic institutions, like you know, political parties, perhaps, or mm. uh, or uh, you know, uh, orthodox religions that aren't mm. able to adapt to the new 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 reality. But th in this case, they really didn't. I mean, it, not for a very long time. Yeah. Yeah. And so the key people, I guess, here, uh, for me, it always seems like the, the key influencer here is Jan Giseke, because yeah. he was yeah. one that he's the king in this small kingdom. Yeah. And he hired Johan Karlsson and uh, Anders Tegnell mm. and called often called referred to them as his boys, right? His boys, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, in, uh, I guess in, uh, in America, when people are hired in internally like that, you call it incest. Mm, incest, yeah. <laughs> because if you have someone that they hired you and they trained you, mm. uh, you're not very well disposed and prepared to speak against them because mm. they're your god, right? Yeah. Uh, and and he goes out very early with this advice mm. to this uh, invest this hedge fund, this investment mm. fund, mm. and after he realizes this is going to be a pandemic, he mm. says. This is going to burn through, through Swedish society in a matter of weeks, mm. uh, with the uh, hospitalization topping in the somewhere mm. in uh, uh, what end of March, and mm. then after that, we'll have we'll be it done will with fade it. Off. It'll yeah. fade off. We'll be done with it. We'll have herd immunity. Mm. And when you make a conclusion like that, mm. and you have high position, uh, it, it's, it takes some humility to be able to step away from that. Especially when, you, when, you, when you've when you've already made that kind of recommendation to uh, that you've been paid a lot for to make those recommendations, mm -hmm. um, to then step uh, off and say that I got it wrong. Mm. So, but by early March, didn't it seem like the international medical community was very clearly saying that this is not the flu? 
and it's not going to yeah. operate like the flu. Yeah, exactly. For Gisike, the, the, the herd immunity was the holy grail, of course. And in the very beginning, we thought if this virus is like a flu virus, of course, you're going to uh, obtain herd immunity within a couple of months or something like that. And then, then it will all fade off. But what we did in uh, March, April, March, April, something, I can't remember exactly when it was, we had a couple of, of quick tests for antibodies mm-hmm. over. We had uh, leftovers, like uh, five, 600 uh, test samples, uh, tests. Uh, and what we did was, because there was an enormous urge from the Swedish population to test whether they had antibodies or not. And what we did, seven in my research group, uh, we took our friends and people living in the same house and stuff like that. Uh, and they asked all the time, can we take a, a quick test? Can we take a quick test? And I said, okay, I have a couple of quick tests over. Uh, so uh, leftovers, so we can use them um, just to, to fix them. And we took, we took uh, like, I think it was around six or 700 samples. Mm-hmm. And we found, uh, I think we found eight persons in all that were, uh, that had antibodies, Hmm. eight. So it was, it was extremely, extremely low in contrast to the the statement from Folkhälsomyndigheten and Giseke that herd immunity right now is probably around 25%. Right. And we are approaching 50 and then it will all fade off. So we communicated this data actually uh, and said, okay, it's not an investigation, it's not a study, it's nothing. It's just an observation they have made out from these uh, tested persons that the immunity level in Stockholm is, is extremely low as it is now. And it's a cluster, uh, it's a cluster infection instead. We have clusters of infections instead in the society. Compared to what we have now in society, where we have a broad, the 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 like it's a bomb mat right now, mm-hmm. um, and uh, we communicated that, and that ended up that one of my colleagues was sued into court. Yeah. Really, he they, they charged uh, they 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 sued him for. Uh, misconduct in research and without uh, ethical per- uh, permission and stuff like that. And what we did was just to take blood samples from our friends that wanted them to be tested. And it ended up with him being sued. So the the, the trial will be uh, 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 June 15 in Uppsala. So it's still not um, over? No, it's still not over. No, no, no. No, it's a... And it's been... It's such an enormous media coverage of this this sampling. It was hysterical, totally insane, totally insane. Uh, and uh, my my colleague, he was uh, printed out as a uh, as a cheater and all this stuff. You right. know, this is misconduct and everything. And um, uh, and. Uh, this was also applauded from the society and also from his own university. Hmm. So the, the repression on both of us, both on me and on Oki Lundqvist, was severe from the university as well. So let's talk a little bit about that. So obviously when 
um, I mean, it sounds a lot like uh, it. It really sounds a lot like uh, a little bit like a street fight, this year, or or, or yeah. like or people. Uh, not how scientific debate should should go, right? It yeah. should be led by the science. It should be the what gets peer reviewed, what gets accepted by the mainstream of science, and so on. Mm-hmm. Instead, you get this free for all. Uh, credibility yeah. uh, argument where where people are just like, oh, they didn't have a good methodology, and like in the public forum, call other people idiots or fools mm. or yeah. or yeah. try to discredit them in different ways. Mm. Um, they're very very unscientific, you could say. Yeah, <laughs> very, it's very... absolutely. Yeah. yeah so, absolutely. yeah. So I'm trying to understand. I mean, obviously, you have whenever a research community or a group of people get very dedicated to a certain way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and stake their reputation on it. Obviously, um, they will have incentives yeah. to try to argue their case to make them that those become counting for policy. Because if mm-hmm. policy changes against their recommendations, mm-hmm. then they they lose face, right? Then they, mm-hmm. then and people stop believing them. But the the level of kind of doubling down. I mean, here, here's what happens is obviously uh, for a long time, the holdouts are the UK, mm-hmm. you know, they, and there's like, okay, well, Sweden, we're not alone. The UK is doing the same as us. Mm-hmm. And then comes the Imperial College paper, mm-hmm. which correctly, by the way, predicts mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. hundreds of thousands of deaths uh, mm-hmm. with an unmitigated approach. And mm-hmm. they were actually currently with the, the level of death right now. Mm-hmm. Um, they were actually too po- uh, optimistic mm-hmm. about the miti- mitigated approach and the and, and yeah. the, what you could what you could achieve mm. and this is imperial college london um neil ferguson is a well-respected yeah. scientist uh, part of the yeah. research group there they're yeah. in the mainstream of science they're basing their this off on research that's been done in on the cases in in china in italy yeah. in spain yeah, you got the hospitalization number just way above anything you could expect from a flu uh, mm. flu pandemic, mm. and as expected, the as should ha- happen, the scientists they change their mind, they change their recommendations to the policymakers, yeah. the mm-hmm. policymakers change their change their mind, and we start having different phases of lockdown in in the mm. UK. Mm. As a response to this, <laughs> rather than than the Swedes, uh, Swedish. Uh, Public Health Authority, saying mm-hmm. maybe we should reevaluate our our current approach. Mm-hmm. They go out publicly and blast Neil Ferguson and the Imperial yeah. College study, yeah. uh, without providing any other evidence, by the way. Yeah. But basically saying that um, this must be wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, and Jon Gisek himself goes on Unheard, which is the, obviously this online platform. Mm-hmm. Uh, and becomes what you would say the father of the anti-lockdown movement, yeah, uh, yeah, glo- yeah. globally. Yeah. I, I mean, it's just it's just a baffling amount of hubris to mm. uh, to first of all go against the mainstream of scientific opinion, mm. Mm. have nothing as far as evidence goes to show against it, mm. um, and just make primarily like arguments like, well, I worked for the w, WHO. Exactly, you know, exactly. Essentially just an argument of credibility or I'm mm-hmm. more of an expert than he is or I'm yeah, more yeah. sensible than all these hysterical, hysterical people. Mm, exactly. 
what's you, what do you think about like yeah what what makes um <laughs> well this almost goes into personality here now but but mm -hmm. uh none of other none of the rest of science works this way usually right i mean yeah. this is where where else do you see like a scientist standing up against the mainstream of, of everything else in scientific opinion without any extra evidence and saying i'm wrong and all of you are right or yeah. i'm right and all you are wrong, wrong. Yeah, yeah. yeah i'm right and all of you are, the rest of you are wrong i mean even einstein couldn't do that right mm. he was about mm. as much of a god in science as anyone else mm. and he lost out when he was trying to say that uh, quantum physics must be wrong because god doesn't mm. play dice mm. and science moved off without him and just let left him in the gutter by himself Mm. Do you think that's because politics and power has been involved here? Uh, I think so. Uh, you know, uh, at the public health authority, uh, many of the people there are they're not directly seated by the politicians, but they're working very, very close together with the politicians. Mm -hmm. um, so, um, and so, so all the information was sort of flooding from uh, the public health authority into the politicians and especially into the government. Uh, I had two interviews with uh, party leaders during uh, the first wave of the pandemic. Mm -hmm. One was from the right-wing party, um, Moderaterna, mm -hmm. uh, which is... Conservatives. Yeah. yeah, Moderaterna. They, they are in charge now, mm -hmm. actually. Our prime minister is a moderate politician. Right. And the other one was from... Uh, and he wanted to discuss testing. His, his take was to, and I said to him, the only way we can draw a map of what's going on right now in Sweden is to test people as much as possible. So we can have widespread testing all over the place as much as possible, gather data into one cohort and look at it. Mm -hmm. And then we can have some sort of updated information. And the other politician was from Sverige Demokraterna, the, the right, right wing mm -hmm. party. And he wanted to discuss um, the situation on elderly care, elderly care homes. Mm -hmm. Why do we have this explosion of infectious uh, infections in um, in the elderly care, care homes and among elderly? And I said, well, first of all, you have to look at the people working there, the crew. They're bringing it in. And they're often working under very unsecure conditions. So they have, uh, before lunch, they work on one place, and after lunch, they work on a, another place. Mm -hmm. uh, and they're often coming from this uh, suburbans. Many of the people working in the elderly, elderly homes coming from the suburban areas where their husbands are, because they are mainly women, of mm -hmm. course, right. working in the elderly care. Uh, and their husbands are taxi drivers. So they pick up the virus when they take people from Orlando. Right. Uh, and they're sitting in the same car. They're bringing in the virus. Okay, they have a, a, a symptomatic or, well, they have an infection, but it's probably not that severe. And they bring it over to the wives, and they bring it into the, the elderly homes. Exactly. And that's exactly what happened. I mean, at the um, So... Sorry, yeah. So therefore, the... So uh, your question was uh, the, the sort of uh, holy alliance between uh, scientists and uh, politicians and oh, politics. Unholy alliance, right? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, it's dangerous when politics should keep uh, arm length distance to to 
to scientists. Science must be free. Otherwise, we can go to North Korea or so the, the, the Russia, wherever. It doesn't matter. It's, it's the same. If they influence it too much. But the problem is that the, the universities, universities today are so very anxious about everything. Uh, they're anxious to, to do wrong. So they're putting on extra layers all the time to be absolutely secure. So the new blames will be put on them. Right. Um, uh, so there, there's a, this anxiety, uh, and also they are dependent on, uh, the universities are dependent on on the politicians for funding, mm. for example. Right, right. To have funding. Uh, and therefore, so the, this alliance or unholy alliance is dangerous and sick now, if you don't have free yeah yeah you said on, on the one hand that uh, obviously science must be free yeah but at the same time isn't that also part of the problem here that uh, at the very uh, beginning the Folkehälsomyndigheten public health authority said mm -hmm. to the government we'll handle this yeah just, we handle just, this just do what you we say yeah and, exactly. and, and the government did so they with, did so without, and, without and, getting and, outside advice or without exactly exactly they no outside advice they had no devil solicitor in the room uh and actually it was under Tegnell who ruled sweden for a couple of months actually right, right. we have these daily conferences uh on television for example uh and the the numbers of viewers were enormous enormous and the politicians were absolutely absent absolutely absent so, so they, they didn't say a word. And I asked one of the our social minister who actually was in, in charge of health the healthcare system. I met her outside outside the TV studio early in the pandemic, as very early. We had we had our first case in Sweden then. Mm -hmm. uh, this Chinese woman coming from uh, from Wuhan. Uh, and um I I told her this is gonna be messy business, this is gonna be bloody. There's going to be blood, right. uh, and she said, "No, no problem. Uh, we are absolutely in charge of this, and we have full control of the situation." Okay. <laughs> famous. Come last, on. Famous last words. Yeah. Last really. Words. I mean, it was so sick. It was so sick. I, I can just tell you one more thing. You remember? Maybe you read about this famous uh, uh, debate article we had in Dagens Nyheter. Yes, the uh, 20, yeah. 22 scientists. Yep. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, the 22 scientists. And uh, um, the result of that was they, they scrutinized that our numbers. We saw that the numbers overall was correct. And they scrutinized it and saw that, okay, there was a small flaw in one week or something like that. Right. And they what they did was the magnify line. that flaw right. into the big discussion. Right. So we were, we were, um, 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 they said we were no, no real scientists. We were sloppy. We published an article against the society. We were more, more like a country traitor, right. stuff like that. So it was on that level. And after that article, I lost a couple of friends who wrote to me and said, okay, I don't want any contact with you in the future. Wow. Yeah, that's starting to look like cult behavior. <laughs> Pardon? That's that's starting to look like cult behavior. Yeah, it was cult behavior. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and that's and, that's really uh, not what uh, you should have with science. Really. And and also the 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 other problem was media. 
the media coverage. And uh, I, I had a summer program in 2020, you know, summer in P1, right. uh, Radio P1. Uh, it's one and a half hour you can talk. Yeah, with. I, I, list, I listened to it. Okay, you listened to that. Yeah. <laughs> and um, um, I said that uh, it was just seven lines in my, my whole manuscript. And I said that the media coverage, the Swedish media coverage, had been awful during this part. Right. Awful, absolutely awful. And uh, no critical questions, uh, no real questions, no deepened questions, nothing. Right. Just on the surface. Uh, and the only uh, journalist um, who was sort of having high standard was this German journalist who asked complicated questions to the folk, to the public health authority right. uh, and the, the 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 debate after that was absolutely crazy from media they responded immediately with a sort of repression tactic so they have uh, groups of people in television in both the state television and the the free sort of the um, private press yeah uh, uh, and they were they could just wrap out everything they thought about me, that I was the, the most dangerous man in Sweden, et cetera, et cetera. Et cetera. Absolutely crazy, crazy things. And I had no chance to respond. I mean, the, the kind of take a small flaw in a person's argument and use that to discredit, discredit all of them, I mean, that's essentially like just like... Uh, poisoning the well uh, strategy yeah. is what you call that yeah. in, in rhetoric, yeah. right? You just just find something that will uh, will make it distasteful for the rest of the audience, and then use that yeah. to brush all of to mm. paint a brush over all of them. Um, I, f I feel like uh, I'd like to go a little bit back to the the structural issue here, right? Because mm. on one hand, science should be free, and mm. when science operates properly, it has this republic of science. We have peer review. And yeah. scientists globally were able to adapt to this new reality. This was not yeah. a problem of science or epidemiology per se, right? Science globally functioned. Yeah. It was slower than one would yeah. have wished. But yeah. but by the early March, scientific opinion was established that this was Absolutely. not a flu-like virus and that this would be very different. Mm. Uh, and that therefore, Norway in the lockdown because the uh, European Public Health Authority said, do mm. everything you can now like mm. all the all the lights were flashing. Do everything mm. you can now to suppress spread. Uh, mm. Lives are at stake in this unpredictable situation. In this unpredictable situation, mm. yeah. and that same warning went out to Sweden. I mean, they received this same yeah. warning that all yeah. these other countries did, and Norway did, and and Finland did, mm. uh, and Denmark did. Yeah, and do everything you can to suppress spread. Mm. Right. So the science science functioned. The public of science functioned by itself. Mm -hmm. Also, politicians, on the other hand, they also are susceptible to uh, to listen to to the public. Mm -hmm. uh, they can question things. You can have open debate. You can have mm -hmm. quite quite uh, strong debate, and they uh, and you have op opposing parties that are incentivized to mm -hmm. question policies mm -hmm. uh, and try to find better arguments for things. And so, in both those structures, you have. A kind of check on on people just going and saying no i know best and you guys shut up mm -hmm. <laughs> but i guess what you have here is and sometimes you can get is this kind of unholy mixture of power like mm -hmm. political power but 
somehow but uh, not accountable to the, to the public in the same mm. way, not, not up for elections. Mm. And science, but not accountable to peer review because peer review... Um, I mean, the Swedish strategy was lambasted in the editorial pages of The Lancet, right? Mm. That's that's mm. Uh, one of the, the most prestigious medical journals in the entire world. Mm. Uh, and it didn't phase or change policy, mm. right? I mean, I mean, the Republic of Science did everything it could to scream out to the Swedish public, yeah. your scientists are not credible. They are not mm. operating with the best scientific knowledge. They are not, you know, they, and, and, uh, and still the... Swedish Health Authority had the gall to call their recommendations extremist, mm. right? To call the Lancet's recommendations extremist, yeah, yeah. and and uh, and all these other editorial boards, and and uh, the Imperial College of London, and all these other ones, mm. and they stand there and say, "No, we, the Swedes, are right, and everyone yeah. else is wrong." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. that sounds extremely national chauvinist. It is. It is. And we, we can see several signs of that right now. I mean, yeah. Um, so, uh, and this was also a sort of um, attack on the Swedish self-image. Right. As the world's conscience and so forth. And we are the top-notch con- country when it comes to ethics and more moral questions and stuff like that. And of a sudden, we weren't. I mean, uh, obviously... <clears throat> The, the stereotype, the Nordic stereotype about Sweden is that uh, yeah. I think maybe all the way back to like, you know, Carl the Great and stuff like that, you had when Sweden was the only military superpower in the Nordic countries. None of us, yeah. the rest of us, since the Viking Age at least, wow. none of the rest of us had the kind of like world stage presence that Sweden did. Mm-hmm. And, the, and, uh, and, the, and the, the strategy and also the, the sort of common opinion was a reflection of that view on themselves. Right. I, I mean, this is a sense, in that sense, the rest of the Nordic countries feel that the Swedish are kind of stuck up and they think mm. they're the only ones with a brain <laughs> of, all, exactly. of all the Nordics. And we're, the rest of us are farmers and uh, yeah, farmers and vulgar peasants. And well, so. well you, have, you are all oil dwellers as well. Right. Jealous of Norway. I'd like to come back to this, but first I'd like to talk mm. about a couple of the camps that kind of start developing. Mm-hmm. Among the in the among the scientific environment in in Sweden, right? mm-hmm. because as you said, uh, you had this Zoom call with uh, all the epidemiologists in mm-hmm. in Sweden. Yeah, and was that including people from the public health authority, or was that just no, the academics? No, no, it was just people from the academic right. uh, academic world and from the scientific world. So not people that were uh, public policy people. No, okay. just just the scientists, mm-hmm. and uh, we offered them our help. As right. a sort of reference group, right? And they so, no. and so, uh, but then you have a kind of Karolinska um, Institute, mm-hmm. uh, you know. So you have you have the academics on one side saying this is going to be a pandemic. You have the pub- mm-hmm. public policy people saying no, this is not going to be a pandemic, or mm-hmm. or if it mm-hmm. is, it's not going to be a very hard one, harsh one. Mm-hmm. And then you have Karolinska Institute, and I was shocked to to read this. Uh, but according to the, at least this article in uh, published in Nature about the the Swedish approach, mm-hmm. um, that um, the Vice Chancellor of Sweden's leading medical research institution in, in Stockholm, the Karolinska Institute, uh, he mm-hmm. appointed a special uh, expert group for COVID outbreak, mm-hmm. 
but this selected group had clear ties with the public health agency. Like they, they were essentially uh, very, very much connected and very much inside that same group. Mm. Uh, and that leading to very questionable independence. And hence the Swedish public was led to believe that several experts and mm. expert groups had separately come to the same conclusion that the unique Swedish strategy was right instead mm -hmm. of just copying essentially the, the uh, presuppositions and the uh, assumptions of the public health authority. Mm. I mean, in some ways you could talk this, this is almost like kind of fraud. You know? <laughs> like, yeah, it's, a, it's a fraud because many of the researchers at Karolinska Institute, they have the material, not very much money, but they, this, they at least have the material and they're, they're getting the, mater the patient material from uh, the public health authority. So they're very strongly connected to each other. I mean, because if I said, for example, okay, um, uh, here, I'll sell you this medicine and you can ask your doctor. Yeah. And then the doctor works for my medical company, mm. but I don't let you know that. No. I mean, exactly. that, that's essentially, that, that, that's a form of fraud. That's, uh, mm. that's, that's a uh, form of fraud. Right. And, and so people were thinking, oh, so the Karolinsk Institute, that they know this and arrived at this independently rather mm. than, oh, actually some of these people work for the public health authority mm. and some of these, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and yeah. they're part of the that's same circles. So that was uh, that was also a discussion that came up because what they did at the public health authorities some ten years ago that they were kicked kicked out they kicked out all the researchers into the Karolinska Institute and said okay this is going to be more monitoring uh, organization or more bureaucratic organization right. and uh, you researchers of course you can get our mat the material from us but and also some funding of course if you do it in conjunction with us but otherwise you 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 must go to the karolinska institute so from uh, let's say 10 years ago or a little bit more actually than 10 years ago um, uh, folk, the public health authority was a really strong research institution really really strong research institution and overnight virtually they they cut off cut off all the branches really boom 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 it was just the stem of the tree left and that was the bureaucratic institution and um um and um well it was in that within that group without any branches or any leaves they found their specialists the, the specialist group so the experts they had within the authority well, some of them they had in the drawer because they were actually working at the Karolinska Institute and they brought them up when they published this nature paper and right. said that this is our experts. But in the beginning, it was just nothing, just nothing. I mean, the, the, and the nature report that, uh, that, that has been published, yeah. uh, it's scathing about uh, how these things happened in Sweden. I mean, uh, according to them, at least, mm -hmm. and this is, again, peer-reviewed in nature not yeah. been not been not been uh, refuted mm. that care actually was rationed at, the, at its worst point and people were deemed essentially unsavable uh, absolutely during the spring 2020 it's uh, i'm quoting from the report now yeah. many individuals were not admitted to the hospitals and did mm. not even receive a health examination since they were not considered at risk so no. resulting in individuals dying at home despite yeah. trying to seek help i mean that's terribly yeah. heartbreaking yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And in addition, there were triage instructions uh, in, in available in the Stockholm region showing that individuals with comorbidities, meaning mm. just if you were fat, mm. body mass index above 40 uh, kilos, kilos yeah. per uh, square meter, mm. older age, uh, 80 plus, for example, mm. were not, not to be admitted. admitted to intensive care units since mm. they were unlikely to recover. Mm. 
even though many did recover when they were mm. able to do that. Uh, oh, people yeah. were fired many, for wearing yeah. f face masks mm. when caring for the elderly or even seeing COVID patients. Mm. And, and masks were deemed inefficient, dangerous, and would spread fear and panic. I mean, this exactly, is exactly, exactly. absolutely it was, atrocious. It, absolutely insane. Uh, it was like uh, living in Alice, uh, like in the Alice in the Wonderland. Everything was upside down, really right. upside down. And now, what happened during the course of the pandemic was that the, of a sudden, the the um, we we didn't know how, but we had argued for face masks for a very long time, and of a sudden, it was allowed to have face masks within the ward, within the healthcare system. Um, um, and we didn't know what's happening. All of a sudden, everybody at the healthcare had the face masks. Uh, and also, I remember one of the votations in, in the, the Swedish government, all were face masks. So there was some sort of recommendations sort of pouring out from the public health authority uh, to the government, to the uh, healthcare system and so forth. But in the beginning, in 2020, if you were face mask and not working at the uh, Department of Infectious Diseases, you were seen as a dinosaur. Absolutely crazy. And I mean, another thing that happened was that the Swedish uh, health authorities, they started adjusting. Yeah. But without reckoning that they had done something wrong. You know, like, no, as, as in, and some of this is really like Orwellian. I mean, like instructions to the uh, to the regions were mm -hmm. changed on their website uh, retroactively without yeah. uh, without showing their edits that they had done mm. once yeah. they got called about up about those things in the media uh, mm. they essentially just like just it's like Stalinesque almost by like just mo removing the person that's uh, now been yeah, exactly. executed, erasing, out, out, erasing <laughs> him out of the picture I mean they, they erased their own mistakes mm. um, it, it's it, it's it's shocking it, that's mm. very unscientific, very unethical. Mm. Uh, and this kind of face-saving uh, mm. mechanisms and maneuverings. Yeah, I mean, the face-saving has been, uh, they've been extremely keen on it. And especially when they have media in their hand. Right. So that's extremely effective. So the, the, the third state of power, uh, or the, the, the third big power in the state is media, actually. And they had they had it completely in their grip. And so, uh, I guess um, I'd like to talk a little bit more about this kind of rally around the flag effect, and especially uh, mm -hmm. with, I mean, people ought to talk about American exceptionalism, which currently currently talk about Russian imperialism. Mm -hmm. uh, should we talk perhaps <laughs> also about Swedish exceptionalism? This kind mm -hmm. of, or what would be a good word for that? The Swedish exceptionalism. We are the, we are the special country, mm -hmm. uh, and that uh, we can do things that other people can't do. Mm -hmm. um, uh, because those rules don't apply to us somehow. What? Yeah, what's... Because, I mean, from outside of Sweden, we saw people starting to wear Anderstegnell sweaters, mm -hmm. <laughs> people got tattoos. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. like, this kind of almost like God worship, right? I mean, yeah, like, yeah. It's, it's... It's crazy. It, it, it's a bit crazy, but what, what do you think are the... This obviously has to require some uh, speculation. Now, and you're, you're not a sociologist. You're a, you're no, I, no, no, no. epidemiologist, but, but, but experiencing it from the inside, what are the sources of this kind of? I guess the, you would call it a kind of national chauvinism. Yeah, um, I think it was the need for comfort and, and safety. Mm -hmm. 
I mean, we have this world, we live in this world, everything is uh, very comfortable, uh, everything is secured, we have a healthcare system working. Okay, we have this uh, bump in the road called a pandemic, but here is this guy coming with uh, extremely simple solutions. You, you don't have to change your life a life a bit because this is not going to be a pandemic. And if it will become a pandemic, well, it's no need to change your life anyway. Okay, you have to be a little bit more cautious, keep distance, wash your hands. And now we know that washing your hands is, uh, well, it's good for other pathogens, but not for COVID-19. Right, um, and uh, this guy is coming up with the simple solutions we don't need to think. Um, and we don't need to question. So let's don't quest. Let's not question. Um, let's continue as we always have done in this the best uh, best of countries in the best of the world. Right. And and let's just continue like that. And th this was the main mechanism, I think, because the, the situation was extremely unpredictable. It was unsecure. Uh, we didn't have the the the, the result of it, we didn't know anything. People people started to see people dying around them. Even younger people died. Um, um, but let's stay within this comfort zone as long as possible. Therefore, this uh, daily press conference were part of this uh, play, so to say, right. this narrative. Let's keep up this narrative that everything is under control. Keep calm and carry uh, on. And here we have this guy uh, with his own, uh, well, uh, this guy who is absolutely inert to uh, uh, complaints and uh, discussion and uh, he, he knows exactly how things should be. And uh, he stick to, to his path and will continue his path to the bitter end. And that end will, will probably end up in some sort of comfort haven again. So so I think that's the main reason, safety and comfort. Mm -hmm. But th I mean, that's that's worldwide, obviously. That was the same yeah. worldwide. Uh, the anti-lockdown protests and other yeah. things were, and uh, in the Trump administration, obviously, they got herd immunity uh, advocates there who had no, no experience in, in no. epidemiology whatsoever, uh, who also spoke in favor of just you know, don't do anything, do as little as possible. It's all going to mm. work out by itself. Uh, the sun's going to take care of it for us. The, mm. <laughs> you know, mm. once it gets yeah, to summer, exactly. you know, all these other things. Uh, people want simple solutions and cheap solutions, but yeah, I, I still absolutely. have to worry about like when this chorus from outside of Sweden becomes so clear and says like, okay, everyone else now is going into lockdown or at least partial lockdown. Mm. And we are getting the numbers down, mm. right? Less people are dying, less less is spreading. Mm. Up until when Sweden is like, okay, we are now at the highest in the entire mm. world. Mm. And and I guess Tegnell and them said like, well, they're, we're just getting the deaths now that they're going to get later anyway. Mm. Uh, exactly. But the, it's quite arrogant to say like, we can go and our scientists are the best in the world and they know better than people mm. that have, you know, that have more, much more people um, peer reviewing them, citing them, uh, testing their work, their models, mm. their statistics, everything. Mm. What what is it? What is it that 
made it possible like as in england they 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 chose to to turn to change right even though some scientists didn't want to some politicians definitely didn't want to boris johnson was not an advocate of Mm. of lockdown he was very much against it and tried to Mm. get it taken away as soon as possible and as often as possible Mm. what is it that made i guess england be able to change change course in that sense and uh, and Sweden not to, uh, at least not not at that point. England is more volatile than Sweden. Sweden is extremely conservative. Mm-hmm. As as uh, far as as far as the uh, when it comes to the, to the general to mindset, the general mindsets. I mean, I mean, because I would say England is. In some ways, much more conservative than Sweden. Right? Absolutely, and, but uh, but not when it comes to the mindset. It's not necessarily so. Even even though England, uh, um, uh, the Brits are extremely proud of their of their Great Britain. Of course, right. they they're extremely proud of it, and, and on the on the edge of nationalistic. And of course, Swedes are as well. We are also very nationalistic, but we are uh, we are peace damaged. I think that's one. Uh, I mean, compared to, to 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 the UK, for example, I mean, there have been in, in all the war, the great wars during the 20th century, we have been in none. So we're very peace damaged, actually, and uh, and also since the uh, when the social democrats took took power in Sweden in the middle of the, of the well uh, 20th century. Uh, they started to build up what we call folkhemmet, right. the, uh, every the, the people's home, the social welfare, yeah, the social network and the social construction that took care of everyone from the birth to the grave, mm-hmm. uh, in a way that, uh, well, it's more is not, it's not very many other countries that have gone that path, not very many. But Sweden is extreme in that sense, and and this mentality is so deeply rooted in our minds, I think. So so that's one of the reasons. Um, uh, well, I, I guess you have better answer than, than me yeah. <laughs> on this question. Yeah. Uh, so currently, would you say that uh, you still have the academics on the one hand and Folkhälsomyndigheten as far as their, on the other hand, as mm-hmm. far as their perception of how this went? Or mm-hmm. do you feel like more and more the academics are going to their side, or are other people coming to the other side? No, I, I think they're going to to our side, at least when it comes to the initial part of the pandemic. What to do in the initial part of the pandemic? Mm-hmm. Later on, it that didn't matter. I mean, in year two and year three, it was more uh, questions of level level adjustments here and there. But in the first part of the pandemic, I'm sure that we have learned something from this. And I'm sure that the next pandemic that will come eventually, uh, will probably end up with, uh, with a completely different strategy. Um, let's say that we have a, a, a death rate of 1%, for example. That's going to be horrendous, hmm. absolutely awful. Uh, and then I think uh, with a new flu pandemic, for example, then I think that the the um, I think we're ready for, for example, for a lockdown, which is 
good in the initial part when it, everything is so unpredictable, unpredictable, but we don't know anything about it. And also, uh, I, I think we will be ready with testing tubes, testing sam te test samples, everything like that. All this logistic will be set up during the next coming. So, so I'm not sure that I, I'm, I'm absolutely convinced that um, the barns will not be empty when it comes to safety, uh, safety tools and stuff like that, and also testing tools. Uh, we're going to have that absolutely, and we're going to have a much better logistic next time. This time, everything was, everything was very haphazard. So. Um, the scientists are changing, but the public still kind of think like we did the right thing. Yeah, and especially right now when we have this uh, media, more or less media storm, that uh, not the media storm, but uh, this art uh, continuous articles that understanding uh, was right from the very beginning, hmm. and uh, the twenty two scientists were uh, uh, utterly wrong. Hmm. Um, so I I, I I don't know where it's going to end, but but. Uh, we are not very perceptive for logic thinking in Sweden, no, <laughs> and especially not media. When it comes to media, and you, you try to, I tried to discuss with a journalist yesterday. She wanted to discuss this new development with the with the within the Swedish media that um, understanding that was right and so forth, and the Swedish strategy was superior to all other strategies in the world. Um, and I I tried to make her understand. Do you remember what happened during the last three years, and especially in the initial part? No, not really, not really. <laughs> so they're losing history very, very quickly. So I'm glad that. Uh, so that's why it's important to have voices like yours to. Well, set something straight. <laughs> I don't know whether it's straight. It's a, it's a, it's a different view, a different angle, at least. Uh, I, I think. It, the, the one journalist said to me, okay, you're Bjorn Olsen, the controversial one. And I said to her, well, I'm controversial in Sweden, but not in the rest of the world. No, I'm the mainstream of science. Yeah, exactly, exactly, <laughs> exactly. And she couldn't understand it. She, she thought, really, she really thought that I was a controversial per person. Uh, and my views were extremely controversial and odd. Well, Very strange. hopefully there'll be uh, some reckoning to uh, make yeah. uh, proper adjustments for the next kind of shock. We'll see. We'll see. Great talking to you. You too. Excellent.